Super Talk Mississippi media production. What if everyone was turning their head to look at you with a brand new Flowmaster exhaust system from Exhaust Pro in Macomb on Georgia Avenue? Cruise in style with Exhaust Pro of Macomb on Georgia Avenue. It's a great time to live in Mississippi, and we're talking about it. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome to the Ricky Matthews Show, where we celebrate the men and women who are working so hard to make Mississippi such a great place to live, work, and play. From the STMM Digital Studio right here on Biloxi's Back Bay, I am so uh, thrilled to be here, and I really appreciate you joining us on 103.1 or on Super Talk. TV or on Facebook or YouTube or your favorite podcast as we celebrate Mississippi. Uh, listen, yesterday we had a terrific conversation with, with the mayor of the city of Ocean Springs, spent a, a whole show together with Kenny Holloway. And, um, you know, whether I'm talking with Fofo Gillich or the mayor of, of Gulfport, Kenny Hughes, or the mayor of Pascagoula or whoever, there's always this constant theme that, that emerges, and that is that the mayors of coastal Mississippi are working together today better than they ever have in our history. And look, as a former publisher of the Sun-Herald, I can actually say that because I learned well from Roland Weeks the way that it was, the way that it was when I was the publisher, and the way it is today. And what we're seeing is that we have this, this cadre of selfless mayors that are working today. While they may be competitive, as we discussed yesterday, the truth is, on common issues, they come together. This is a group of mayors that actually enjoy being together. They enjoy helping one another. And um, I'm thrilled to have just another one of those guys with us today, the mayor, one of my favorite mayors, the mayor of the city of Moss Point, my friend, Mayor Billy Knight. Um, Billy, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing good, Rick. It's always good to be with you, Rick. And thank you for always thinking about Moss Point and inviting me on to, to give our viewers an update on where we are and uh, so I appreciate you giving me this opportunity to do that. Well, you heard the way I started the show. And when Kenny talked about the coast mayors coming together, he is always quick to point out that that is important and that he is going to contribute to that effort as you do and as others do. But he's also very quick to also point out that the mayors in Jackson County have deep respect for one another and work together for the good of the whole. And, I mean, that's true, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Uh, you know, we are really trying to make this Coast One idea come to life and be real. You know, uh, if we really say that we are one coast, then are we behaving that way? Uh, 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 do we do we exemplify that through our behavior? And so we really have to really mean what we say and say what we mean. So if it's really one coast then we have to really uh, work with each other and support each other and lift everybody up and uh, and really want everybody to do well. Because, you know, I've always been saying, Rick, and some of our people don't like for me to say it, but I have been saying that Moss Point has been kind of the weakest link on the Gulf Coast because we just don't have or have not had economic development and the things that we need and, 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 and deserve in our city. And the Gulf Coast is not any stronger than its weakest link. So everybody ought to be trying to lift Moss Point up. So we will not be the weakest link because, you know, if we're all strong, then everybody benefit from that. 
Well, Mayor, one of the points that I made with our friend George Slogan, we can, we'll circle back to the, a part of the conversation I had with George about uh, longevity, and, and I want to chat with you about that as well. Here, here you are in your 80s, as I have said, maybe the hundredth iteration of your life. You know, giving back to the community is, is an amazing thing. But one of the things I said to him is that Mississippi, um, it, it's important to recognize this because Mississippi will all, always only be as strong as its weakest, you know, as its weakest region. And if we don't think that way, then we're going to we're going to fall behind. And uh, the coast, you know, when you think about Moss Point and how it fits into the coast, you've got a lot going for yourselves these days. Uh, yours is not a subjective judgment. Yours is not a subjective criticism of your city. It's a very objective observation about your city. You're looking at the numbers and, and sort of what the economic basis of your of your city. And that's why you're so that's why you're so strongly focused on uh, this, this, you know, this river city and what you can do downtown, what's happening at the interchange of I-10, um, you know, you, this whole economic development conversation that you're having. Again, it's not a criticism. It's an acceptance of the reality of what the numbers say. And and you're, you're committed to your legacy is going to be you're going to make sure that the, uh, that the tide of coastal Mississippi rises partly because of Moss Point's contribution to that. And you're committed to that, aren't you? Yes, I am, Rick. You know, it's, I, I think about it. No, it's not uh, definitely not a criticism of our city. Uh, when I say that, I, I just I'm just recognizing the reality and making our people recognize that and accept it, and then let's do something about it. You know, I look at it like a like an alcoholic. Until you admit you have a problem, you know, you can't solve it. Right. You know, so I'm admitting that we have been the weakest link. So now what do we do about that? Let's put some plans in place and let's bring all of our people along to 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 help us, you know, uh, solve these problems that we have that put us in this position so we will no longer be the weakest link. So I'm just acknowledging where we are. I want our people to acknowledge that and let's work together now to to get us out of that position. And I'm also extending that to actually other Gulf Coast cities to help us do that as well. Because as we get stronger, they get stronger. Yeah, there's literally no doubt about it. Hey, listen, in the conversation I had with uh, Kenny Holloway yesterday, we talked about that, that in their efforts to do urban renewal, that um, first of all, they had to put a, a roadmap in place. They hired some some really good community planners to work with them. And I, I had the opportunity to lead strategic planning for Knight Ritter, the company that used to own the Sun-Herald, at the time the second largest newspaper company in America. And, you know, one of the things I often said as we were going through this process, that we had to be honest about what our starting point was, that you can't go to where you want to go if you don't know where you are now. Because the point is that everywhere that you're strong now, you're going you're gonna to work in your vision of the future to make it stronger. Everywhere where it may, there may be challenges or weaknesses now, you're going to build bridges in the, in the form of tactics, strategic tactics to help you overcome those weaknesses and your vision for the future to build a stronger future. But you cannot go to where you want to go if you're not honest about where you are now. So being, 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 you know, crystal clear about the current situation is one of the keys to success, isn't it? 
Yeah, you know, and what one of the challenges that that we have, I think all of us, uh, all of our mayors have uh, up and down the coast for sure, but all, probably all over the country, is convincing the people of the community where you are and what you got to do to get out of where you are. You know, because sometimes we things become normal. You know, they, they be like they are so long. In Moss Point, things have been like they are and like they, they are right now for so long until they become normal. You know, Rick, I was just thinking about last week, young people, young adults that are maybe 30 to 35 years of age have never seen a business downtown on the east side of Moss Point, downtown Moss Point, because all of their lives, they've never been in the retail businesses downtown. So when I come in now and try to change that, they're saying, why do you want to change that? Well, once upon a time, we had retail stores. We had a downtown Moss Point. On both sides of the highway, we had retail stores. We had a movie theater. You know, we had clothing stores. We had everything every other city had. In 93, 94, when they knocked down all these businesses, they never came back. So people that's 25, 30, 35 years old, they don't, they don't know about that. They don't think we ever had any business downtown. This has become normal. So when I try to change it, you got to try to go back to history and say, look, it's not always been like this. We had re restaurants downtown. We had retail business. We had a movie theater downtown. We had a swimming pool downtown at one point. And they don't know that. So it's hard to change that when that's all they know. And they become, it become normal because they're so used to it. Yeah, and that's yeah. the challenge that we have is getting people to get out of their comfort zone to see something and do something different than they've been doing in the past. And what's in, what's interesting about that is this, that, and this is to some extent what Ken, what Kenny Holloway now talked about yesterday, that there's the status quo is familiar. You know, the status quo is what I know as a citizen. And that status quo may not be something that is anywhere near reaching the potential of the city, but I know that I know that status quo, and I care about that status quo, and I like that status quo. So if you think about as human beings, the one thing we all share is that when you want to change something, we're all going to resist it initially. And there's always going to be those who protect the status quo, even if the status quo is a, is a vision of the city that is not near what its potential is, not near what it is. But they like it because it's known to me. When we come back on the other side, we'll continue this part of the conversation because this is where being a mayor with vision can be hard, but can also be transformative. And because what you're going to do as the mayor is describe the vision in a way that can bring as many people along so they won't accept the status quo any longer and look forward to the vision of the future. We'll continue our conversation with Billy Knight on the other side.
passion and love for Mississippi is why he's here. This is the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, the mayor of the city of Moss Point, uh, Billy Knight, with us today. And and one of the, you know, we were talking about this need for a vision of the future, and that no matter what your current situation is, I mean, it can be a, it can be a situation that is nowhere near the potential of the city, and people are still going to protect it because it's known to them. People fear the unknown, and I think one of the roles that a mayor plays in a conversation like taking a city like Moss Point to not a, a, a completely new place, but it's about taking advantage of the opportunities, preserving what is so unique about the city while, while expanding where the tax base could grow. And, um, and so it's an exciting time for a mayor like, like Billy Knight, isn't it, Billy? I mean, you, you, you're always going to have your challenges, but it's an exciting time as well. It is an exciting time, and I'm, I'm glad to be here at this point in time, Rick, because you know, when I ran for this job, I knew it was going to be a challenge, but, you know, the tornado just made it a little worse for us, but you got to work through those problems as well. Uh, being a good leader, and, and, and I've done a lot of work in this area, I've done a lot of classes in this area, because I always wanted to be the best leader that I can. It is all about a vision that a leader brings forth. It's about the culture in which the leader develops around them so that people can understand the direction that we're going, not only the vision, but how do we want that cultures? How do we get to that? What happens, people get comfortable where they are. Yes, people do not like change, they're afraid of change. So a leader have to project that vision in a way that people realize in the end, we're gonna be better off in the end. We got a vision here, that if we work toward that vision and make it happen, we're going to be better off on the other side. So it's not just a vision for the sake of it, but the vision means that at the end, we all going to be better because of that. That change that we make, you might be afraid of it, but I will guarantee you on the other side, you're going to be glad that we did that. Hey, listen, a, a testament to your ability to sell a vision is in your recreational plan and the vote supporting that, just an unprecedentedly positive vote from the citizens who, who voted to help you implement that. You, you felt strongly that that if we could find uh, places for kids to be able to go and, and take their time, uh, that that would be a great thing for the city. And so that was a, you know, not only was that move great for the city, but it was a great opportunity for you to sort of begin to line. Okay, how do we how do we communicate about a vision in a way that brings the voters along? You had tremendous success in doing that. Now the question is, you know, how can you use what you learned in that to move it forward to the to the next level? I, I believe you're going to be tremendously successful in doing that. But it means you've got to stay focused on in the trenches. You cannot you have it's one conversation at a time, and you got to be willing to burn the midnight oil to make it work, don't you? Yeah, well, one of the ways I'm trying to, 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 to bring it to fruition is that once people buy into it, then make sure they are part of the process. Allow them to have ownership in what you're doing. This recreation facility that we're talking about, we want them to have an input on what ought to be inside of that building. Because, you know, there's so many things now that kids can take advantage of that would help them in their education in so many different ways. 
is not just having fun, but it's having fun and learning while you're having fun. So what can we have inside that building that the people think that will benefit the kids in more ways than just them having fun? So when they actively be a part of developing what that looked like, they get they they get ownership of that. And once you get ownership of that, then you want to work hard to make it happen because now you believe in it because you got skin in the game, so to speak. And if you got skin in the game, then you're going to work hard to make it happen because you see the benefits that's going to come from that. Hey, listen, Mayor, as you, you mentioned the tornado a few minutes ago, uh, uh, more than just a minor setback, an important moment in the city's history where um, a lot of work had to be done to meet the needs of a lot of people who were impacted and for, for in different ways. And uh, I admire the way that you worked with, with Paige Roberts from the Jackson County Chamber and so many other volunteers, the Red Cross and others, to, to, to bring about a, a recovery plan that, that is, uh, is coming together. It's, you know, sometimes to get the kind of needs met especially from the federal government point of view, the wheels of change turn very slowly. I know that's starting to come together, but what I remember most about these conversations right after the tornado was that while you were focused on the tornado and the recovery effort, you made the point very clear that you got to be able to chew gum and walk at the same time, that you can't allow the tornado to take you off of the path to build a stronger city because the path to build a stronger city is actually going to help you overcome some of the weaknesses that a tornado reveals. And so you've got to be able to do both, don't you? Yeah. You, you know, we can't afford to do just one thing. Rick. You know, we can't afford to just do one thing. We've got to be doing more than one thing all the time. The reason economic development is so important when you think in terms of the tornado is that we need money up front to fund the things that we need to correct because of the tornado. The government give us money, but it's all reimbursable. You get the money after you spend it, after you hired somebody to clean up the debris, then you get the money back. So if you don't have money in your coffer to do that, you can't even get started to clean up. So economic development is so important that we have money in our reserve, what they call rainy day fund, so then when you have a tragedy like this, you got money to operate while you wait on the government to decide whether they're going to support you or not. And we have to get our people to understand that, you know, people, many of our people, because they don't do this work every day, they think it ought to happen overnight. You know, I say many of our people got a microwave mindset. They want it in 30 seconds. Well, it doesn't happen that way. So that was a, another educational piece that we had to, help our people understand that we have to be patient. There's a process that you have to allow to work itself through. I always had faith that it was going to happen. I asked my people to stay faithful and let's keep be hopeful. Let the process work itself out. But that was the leadership moment as well, Rick, because our people, they was upset. They want it right now. People are hurting. But we have to say, well, I know I'm hurting with you. But let's let the work, let's let the process work itself out. I'm on the phone every day. We're doing what we need to do. Just be patient. So that was a process and learning process that we had to go through with our people. But it's so important that we have economic development so that we have money to operate while we wait. And what happens if the government don't come through? 
You know, you got to have money because they may not always sign these declarations, but you still got to clean your city up. You still got to help people get back on their feet. And if the city don't have money in their coffer to help with that, we'll just sit further and further behind. So that's why economic development is so important to every city, uh, Rick. It's just so important. And Mossport got resources here that will get us resource, get us economic development in place that we have not been utilizing. And that's what I'm trying to do, Rick. Well, look, um, there is a there is a, in this case it was a tornado. Typically, it's just a hurricane scenario, and we're going to face a hurricane scenario again. It's not a matter of if; it's just a matter of when. But there's a there's a there's a burden that is placed on coastal communities, maybe unlike other communities have to deal with, and that is the reality that we are in a in a hurricane prone area, and the notion around resiliency is something that we've got to take we got to keep front and center. That the res, resiliency for people who who need to understand sort of the basic definition is just the ability to bounce back. And the more diversified your economy is, the more money you have in your rainy day fund, fund, the more focused you are on strategic success, the more resilient you're going to be. And and by being resilient, you can help those who are who are less fortunate in your community a lot faster. And that's the point that the mayor is making now. What I would say, you know, one of the, I mentioned this yesterday in my conversation with Kenny, but it applies in this conversation with us today, that one of the things that Governor Barber said a lot after Hurricane Katrina. He said, look, state, city, federal government can help help people get back on their knees, but it's going to be private investment that helps us get back on our feet. And so what you can do as a mayor is you can put the kind of plan in place that enables private investment to thrive. That's why that's that's the point that you're making around economic development. You've got to get zoning right. You've got to get you've got to find out where the available money is at historic tax credits, is it is it grants, what it, whatever. You've got to find ways to really enable, to really spur private investment to take place, and that's the way the city's going to be successful. Um, that's the key, though, isn't it? I hate, it is. Mayor, let's do this. I didn't realize that we were at the end of this segment. When we get back on the other side, uh, Mayor uh, Billy Knight will respond to this notion of you know how to how economic development and the city's role in economic development can help a city become more resilient and that's what the mayor is focused on these days when we come back we'll continue the conversation with mayor billy knight Mississippi. It's the Ricky Matthews Show on Super Talk 103.1. 
Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews Show. I have my friend, the mayor of the city of Moss Point, my dear friend, uh, Billy Knight. And, you know, when we went to break, uh, I was just talking about the role that a city plays in economic development. And when, when Mayor, when, when Governor Barber said local, state, and federal governments can help people get back on their knees, but it is private investment that's going to help us get back on our feet. He really understood that it's a multifaceted thing that he's saying, and he understood the role that you play in that very well, didn't he? Yeah, Rick, you know, but that's another leadership education moment for for, for mayors and, and leaders because, again, sometimes our community don't understand that private part of it, you know, they think government should come in and do it all. And it's like governor says, you know, it helps you get on your knees, but to get on your feet, you want to have a private investor. So the community, many of our people don't understand that private investment means you have to give them some incentive to come. If you don't give them some incentive to come, they're probably not coming. And so it's hard to get our citizens and even sometimes our political uh, elected officials to understand you have to have a tax incentive plan to be able to encourage business people to come to your city. And I always ask the question, why is it that we think they're going to other places and not coming to Moss Point? These other cities have incentives and we don't have it. So we better get into the game and start realizing that we give them some type of encouragement through an incentive to come. And guess what? When you give that incentive to two or three of the big guys, then small guys come around them that you don't have to give anything. But right. it's hard to get some of our people to understand that. So it's another teachable moment. It's another leadership moment. Well, and that's what I'm trying to do, Rick. And I think it's one of the one of the um, benefits of having people like Paige at the table, when um, you know again the the role that chambers play that it's not your your fa my father's the uh, chamber anymore. They're involved in community development and bringing value to the community. But you look, just look at, at Pascagoula. I don't think that for many, many years, I don't think most people would have seen downtown Pascagoula as a place where people would want to go live. But it, but now that you start to think about the people who are who are employed at all these major manufacturing facilities that are a part of Pascagoula, it, it's almost crazy to think that we wouldn't have thought that way. And the opportunity now to, to, to build mixed use and all the things that are happening in downtown Pasigula, the creation of a historic district and what that's done to spur some development and bring in more uh, private investment, all of those opportunities are available to Moss Point, all of those. And, and on top of that, you got the rare opportunity to have your downtown located on the river, which gives you a competitive advantage. Advantage. You get, your city is located at a major interchange uh, for I-10. It uh, gives you an advantage. What you're trying to do is position your advantages in a way to en enable you to win. That's what you're doing. Yeah, Rick, you know, uh, you have to give people or uh, businesses a reason to want to come. You have to give people reasons to want to come live in your city. And the way you do that is, is, is maximize the resources that you have. And when I came into this job, I started telling our people, you know, we need to stop complaining about what we don't have. Thank God for what we have. And what do we have, Rick? We have Interstate 10, six to three quarter. We have water. We have rail. We have the airport. 
all of that's right here in Moss Point that we have not taken advantage of. And Rick, I'm trying to take advantage of that. So we have to give people reason to want to come to a city to live and to do business. And that's what we're trying to do. Mayor, you know, I had this wonderful conversation with George Schloga last Thursday talking about um, his leadership in Mississippi and the coast. And it was just it was an awesome conversation. We talked about Governor William Winter and Governor Barber and uh, the political situation we find ourselves in today. Well, we also talked about longevity. You know, here he is a guy in the 80s still giving back to the community. Here you are, a guy in your 80s, and you're a mayor of your city. What do you attribute your your longevity to? Uh, Rick, uh, I've always been a, an athlete, and therefore, uh, you know, always in training from one sport to another. And my coaches put fear in me that. You know, you got to eat properly. You can't have any bad habits of drinking and smoking, you know, staying out late. You know, so all those things, because he's saying if you do all those things, you're not going to be in the best condition that you ought to be in to be the athlete you want to be. You know, you can be an average, you can be an average athlete, but if you want to be an elite athlete, you got to do some basic kind of things. And that is the way you eat, you know, what you put into your body, what kind of rest you get. So I, I took all that serious, and I contribute all of that to my longevity of uh, being able to be here now and being functional. You got to read a lot to keep your mind functioning, keep yourself alert. The brain is nothing but a muscle, so you got to exercise the brain by reading and talking and having good conversation. Well, Rick, I try to do all of that, you know, and I think it has served me well so far. That's what I'm contributing to, Rick. I don't know whether it was something else or not, but that's what I'm contributing to, that I, I was a good athlete. I tried to do the right thing with my body. I do plenty of exercise. I exercise my mind and my brain. Those are the kind of things that, I think, keep have kept me around and active as I am. So what, what's your what's your exercise regimen? I'm curious about that. Well, I, I try to get out of two or three days a week now. I'm 84 now. Just August 14th, uh, Rick, I became 84. And I try to get out there two or three days a week to walk. I walk about 30, 45 minutes and uh, at a regular pace. I don't I don't try to overdo it, but it just keeps my lungs functioning like it should and keep me breathing like I should. And uh, so I try to get out there to do that. And when I don't do that, Rick, I feel bad. I, I feel sluggish. So it's almost telling me when I feel sluggish, I say, well, I got to go walk it. And because I know it's one thing that, that gets, keeps me alive and keep me going. So that's what I do. Now, other than that, Rick, my wife is good. She cooks well for me. I eat a good meal. I like vegetables. I like fruit. So I eat a lot of vegetables, a lot of fruit, and I exercise. Well, look, um, if you were to describe mine, I'm 66, and I've been committed for over 40 years to regular exercise, weightlifting and walking. I, I walk every single week, 30 to 50 miles a week, and have for 40 years. I mean, it's just been it's been day in day out. I just do it, and that's that's what I do. And I also have a wife who can cook really nicely, and we cook healthy. 
You know, she'll use turkey meat when we before we might have used beef. We'll do fish and we do a lot of vegetables and you know eating healthy. You you pointed out getting sleep. You you went right past that, but you know getting a good night's sleep is critical. All the studies show that. So whoever your coaches were early in your life, even before we had all this substantial research done around it, this notion of uh, getting good rest, eating well, you know, not drinking, not smoking, and um, you know all that. Yeah, exercising your mind. You had some good mentors early on, and apparently you found found some success in doing it because it kept you doing it, didn't it? Yeah, it did. That rest, maybe. I, I, I might have left that rest out, Rick, but I got to get that rest, man. You know, if I don't get if I don't get at least four or five hours, you know, six hours would be ideal, but very seldom get six. But if I got to get at least four and a half, five hours every night, if I don't, uh, you know, I'm not I'm not feeling well the next morning. It takes me a while to get started. So you got to, that rest is, uh, is really key and important for me. Listen, I'm famous. I'm famous for going to bed around 830. <laughs> yeah. But I'm also famous for getting up really early. And right. uh, for me, it's seven. For me, it's seven um, um, hours. I got to get seven hours. Yeah. And uh if if you give me seven hours, I'm the Energizer Bunny. If you yeah, give that's... me less than seven hours... I'm probably not going to be quite so good. I'll be okay yeah. for a day or two, but I'm not going to – I can't sustain it. But yeah, you give it. me seven hours, and uh, I'm going to run circles around most people. That's just yeah, – I get it. I, am. I get it, Rick. But look, yeah. you, you know, I aspire to be like you now. Um, I've, I've done okay up to this point in my life, but now i got to keep it up. I mean, you just turned 84, and you're setting a pace that, that others – half your age can't keep up with. And um, so you're an inspiration. You're an inspiration as a leader, as a mayor, as a person, as a wonderful soul who cares deeply. And you're an, in, in, you're an inspiration for longevity. Um, you know, what are you going to do when you're in your 90s? <laughs> well, I don't know, Rick. I tell uh, all of them now, and all of them are so much younger than I am. And, and I tell them that I'm giving them hope that they got a long uh, career ahead of them if they really want to do this, but they have to take care of themselves. Uh, Rick, I hope that uh, God bless me with good health like this because I really want to finish this job. You know, you can't get it done in four years, Rick, because it's just so much to get done. Yeah. So I want I want another at least another four years, Rick, to try to get this thing done because it's not about me, Rick. I want to leave a legacy that people can say this is what Billy and I did. I don't want you to talk about what I did, Rick. I want you to come show people what I did. No, I'm with you. Listen, we're out of time together, but you know, God blesses me with health. I plan to be still doing this show for another term of Billy Knight, and we will continue to have this incredible conversation and find inspiration in your leadership. It's been a pleasure, my friend. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, my friend. Love hey, you. When we come back, Kyle and I are going to visit for the last segment. We'll see you after this break. Matthews show on Super Talk Mississippi. Welcome back to the Ricky Matthews show. I really enjoyed that conversation with Mayor Billy Knight. Gosh, man, here's a guy in his 80s. <laughs> 
setting a tireless pace for others to follow. It's amazing. I mean, we look all all across coastal Mississippi, and you see these mayors that are doing the heavy lift for their for their community. They're not looking for a lot of attention. They've, man, gosh, you think about the stakeholders a, a mayor has to deal with, the, a city council, and then all the employees inside the department, and then you've got first responders and the community and more community and more community. There's a lot of aligning that has to be done. So whether I'm having this conversation with, with uh, Mayor Billy Knight or with Kenny Holloway or Fofo Gillish or any of the rest of them, they, they, they had their work cut out for them, and uh, we're lucky to have such a great – a collection of coast mayors now, and of course, Billy Knight and his wonderful story of longevity is just part of that. Hey, listen, uh, let me go now and uh, and bring my friend uh, Cal Curley into the conversation. And first of all, just say, I uh, hope you're doing well, my buddy. Thanks for everything you're doing to help me. You bet. My pleasure. How's it going? I'm doing. I'm doing good. Listen, uh, you know, boy, you 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 think about these conversations we've had recently with Billy Knight or George Slogan or Paige Roberts or Jeff Duncan or Brian Haydad or Kenny Holloway. The list goes on and on. We just have there's just so much content in these conversations. We're lucky to get to hear from these inspiring folks every day, aren't we? We really are, and you know, the just. The guests that we've had this week have uh, done so much to help their communities. I really like what Billy Knight's doing over in Moss Point. I really like his enthusiasm. Um, just watching from afar to the previous administrations, the several administrations before Billy Knight took office, just kind of was, it's almost like they were just there to be there and status quo and you know, everything Billy Knight says is true. You, you've, you can't stick with the status quo. You've got to be able to try and get things back, leave things better than where you got them from. Uh, yeah. Like he's talking about how they used to have all these things in downtown Moss Point, and he's trying to bring them back. And he's it's kind of funny that he's getting pushback from people just because they're not used to it. They they don't want to do the things that are hard. But it's better for the community if they do. So it, you know, I, I really, I really like what he's doing there. Yeah, it creates a, you know, it creates a vision for the city. It, it the vision includes uh, solidifying the elements that make the sense of place in that river city so special, solidifying those and protecting those, and then zoning in a way that enables them to take advantage of economic development opportunities that are surely uh, in their grasp because of where they're located. And I mean, they're very strategically located and and they, they want to play ball. And you don't play ball if you don't have a plan. And and you don't you, you can't assume you're going to get anything, incidentally, because the comp- competition out there is fierce. And uh, private developers have their choices on where they're going to spend their millions of dollars, and why should they pick Moss Point? And the mayor is aware of that. He is strongly aware of that. Just like we talked about with our in our conversation with Kenny Holloway, very aware of that. You know, Bill, you know, Fofo Gillis. You don't think he's very aware of that? So they have to find ways to to create a vision that even not just inspires the citizens, but also inspires the developers, because they're going to bet the ranch on that city. And it's just great to see. He, ta- you know, when the mayor talks about planting the tree that he'll probably never see the shade from. I mean, that's a, that's a true understanding of the legacy he wants to leave. Yeah, you're right. And, and you know, 
I never really thought what that, I guess I never really paid attention to that saying, but the never see the shade from a really <laughs> just silly things that makes me go, Oh wow. That's what that means. <laughs> um, <laughs> it, I really, again, he's just a great person. I like, Everything yeah. that Knight says, I, I, I wish people would just gather around him and go along for the ride and learn from him. No, it's a, you know, it, it's a great quote for a leader in a community that's putting all these different pieces in place and, you know, and, 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 and helping also at the same time help people understand that there's no instant gratification that comes from a long-term planning process. It's, it takes time. Right. And sometimes it takes a lot of time. But if you put the building blocks in place, even after the mayor is, is uh, you know, no longer the mayor, uh, you, you, the building blocks are there to be successful. And, they, and, and we can learn, the city can learn from each other what it takes to be successful. And the next mayor can, you know, pick that ball up and run with it. Just like uh, Billy Hughes did after, after the George Logan, just like George Logan did after Brent War, and just like Fofo Gillis did after A.J. Holloway. And the list goes on and on. It's the same kind of story. Yeah, and there's a lot going on in Biloxi, and there's a lot going on in Ocean Springs, Gulfport. Uh, they're continually working on things. I hope to see the project where they get to extend Airport Road and go back to Daniel Boulevard back there, ease some congestion on 49 in Gulfport. we got less than a minute left. Yeah. In Biloxi, you know, I would really like to see the city and the baseball team management really come together and have more events at MGM Park. I think that's a great venue. Um, I don't really like the way it's happened in the past, but I, I hope things get better between all sides involved. Yeah. It's a great venue, and you spend a lot yeah. of time there. That's for sure. Uh, we'll visit more on the air for sure. So, uh, listen, we'll talk to you tomorrow. Have a great day. All right. Have a good one. Talk Mississippi Media Production.